Please remain standing as we hear the gospel this morning. Let us pray. Lord God, we wish to see Jesus today. By your Spirit's power, give us eyes, Lord, to see his glory. This we pray through Christ. Amen. Two texts I want to share with you. The first from Mark chapter 1, beginning with verse 14. And now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat, mending their nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Now from the 8th chapter, beginning with verse 31. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. And he said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. And he called the crowd with his disciples, and he said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of them, the Son of Man, will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. So the last several weeks, we've been talking about the, the question that Mark puts before us, really throughout this entire gospel, it's who is Jesus? We spent several weeks unpacking several stories that give us insight into the authority and the power and the glory and the identity of who Jesus is. We were brought right up to that pinnacle moment last Sunday with the transfiguration, where Jesus is revealed in his glory, and the Father speaks, this is my beloved Son, listen to him. So Jesus is revealed as the Son of God, just as Mark has told us in chapter 1, verse 1. Later in chapter 1, uh, we see Jesus calling disciples, calling people to follow him. And so over these next few weeks, as we journey through Lent, we're going to be looking at the question, what does it mean for me? 
to follow Jesus. Now, as we just read, so Jesus comes into Galilee and he finds these two sets of brothers, Peter and his brother Andrew and John and his brother James. They're both, uh, both sets are, are fishermen and they are right in the act of, of their daily jobs when Jesus shows up and calls them. Peter and his brother Andrew, they're actually casting their nets, throwing nets out into the Sea of Galilee, catching fish. And Jesus says, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. He goes on a little further, finds James and John. What are they doing? They're sitting in the boats with their father Zebedee, and they're mending their nets. And there in the boat, there are servants as well. There may have even been a fleet of ships. Who knows? Along with them. Big fishing operation. And Jesus says to them, follow me. And what happens next is the unfolding of all these chapters between chapter 1 and, and chapter 8 that we just read. And these disciples, they're journeying with Jesus. And Mark shows us how as they do that, as they follow after this man, Jesus, they grow in their understanding of who he is. Deeper and deeper, they grow in their knowledge. He's a prophet. He's a teacher. He's the Messiah. He's the Son of God. You see, as they follow, they grow. And more of Jesus' true identity is revealed to them. Their faith deepens to the point to where they trust Him with the most important stuff of life. Purpose, the salvation of their souls, and life beyond their wildest imagination. Life here now, life to come through the hope of resurrection. You see, Jesus calls them, and he shares his mission with them, and he sends them out to preach in these in between chapters. They preach repentance. They cast out demons. They show compassion to the hurting. They feed the hungry. They heal the sick. They proclaim that Jesus is the good news that they've all been waiting for. They allow Jesus to redefine their lives. They allow Jesus to reorient Then we come to Mark 8. We've been journeying with these disciples all the way to this point. And I want you to imagine, if you will, the scene as it unfolds in today's scripture reading. So Jesus and his followers, they are walking along the road. Where are they going? Jerusalem. They're headed to the religious capital, to the temple, to the holy city. And Jesus it appears is, is way out front. He's leading them. And behind is streaming his 12 disciples and maybe a dozen or so more people in this crowd. It reminds me of the scene from Forrest Gump. Y'all remember the movie? When Forrest decides one day that he's going to go running. And he runs across this town. He runs all the way across the state line of Alabama. 
He runs to the Pacific Ocean and back to the Atlantic Ocean. And as he runs, people start coming out and running with him. They run, some of them are holding signs and promoting their calls and they're protesting. They're, they run to try to find greater meaning in life. And there's Forrest, always out front, leading, looking like Kyle Keith. Big beard. He's been running for so long. He's been making his journey. And all these people are following him. Many for lots of different reasons. That's how I picture Jesus in the scene making his way down the road. Those following him, they are amazed. Because of what we just read, some of them are starting why? Because Jesus is going to Jerusalem. And one day on his journey, he turns and addresses his disciples about where they're headed, what will happen when they get there. He says, see, we're going to Jerusalem where the religious leaders will reject me, kill me, and on the third day I will rise. So all of these followers of Jesus are amazed and they're afraid because even though Jesus knows what's going to happen when he gets there, he is determined to go there anyway. In fact, he is running out ahead and leading This story powerfully illustrates the difference between Jesus and his followers. His commitment to the will of God and their reluctance to follow him. The same could be said about us. We keep looking at Jesus, we keep looking at this man, and we see his obedience even to the point of death on the cross. And we tremble. Because in today's passage, he says that any who would follow him, this is your path too. And we tremble. You see, Jesus turns to that crowd that includes his disciples and he gives them an advance lesson in what it means to follow him. They too must be willing to walk the same path. Here's what Mark says. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, if any would come after me, or if any would follow me, let them deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. And I love the way Jesus starts that. He says, if anyone. Anyone is anyone. Anyone can come after Jesus. Anyone can make the journey with him if they're willing to take what they can. And y'all, that's what we need. 
That's actually good news for the whole world. There's a lot of anyone's out there that Jesus would invite to come follow him too. That's the work of the church. But let's unpack the three things that Jesus says in this verse about following him. First, he says, let him deny himself. Now, this is an all or nothing statement. Notice he doesn't say, let him align himself with me. He isn't saying, let him improve himself. He doesn't say, let them make me the priority of their life. You see, following Jesus means denying on the inside the instinct to leave myself. It means allowing Jesus to sit in the pilot seat of my life and emptying of myself of self-centeredness self-righteousness. Deny yourself as Jesus says. Then come back. In Philippians, Paul talks about Jesus as our example of what self-denial looks like. In chapter 2, he says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself. Kenosis in the Greek. An emptying out. If I took a cup of water, if I took one of those cups out and filled it up with water, and I poured it completely upside down, I have emptied it out. And Paul says, this is what Jesus did. He emptied himself to the point of being a servant. The call of Jesus is to empty ourselves of self-interest. And Jesus is demonstrating how to do this as he makes his journey to the cross. Emptying of self for the sake of the world. Our interest becomes the interest of others. That's what being emptied of self means. My interest is the interest of others. My interest becomes the interest of my family. My interest becomes the best interest of the church. To get to this point in our lives means going to the cross daily to surrender myself for the sake of Christ and the world. It's not easy to do. Actually, it's probably the hardest thing that we can learn to do. And many cannot heed the depth of that call. Even his own disciples were faithful points along the way. But Jesus, by his grace, will raise them up and help them to continue along the journey. You know, there are things in Jesus' teaching that resonate in every generation. 
Right now, Jesus is teaching around serving the poor. Real awkward. A lot of people highlight the fact that Jesus served the poor. Therefore, we should serve the poor. There are even elements of, of Jesus' moral teaching that, that are very popular with folks right now. Y'all familiar with the He Gets Us campaign? You saw two commercials during the Super Bowl. Of Jesus washing, or well, when Jesus really it was these people washing all these different kinds of people's feet. It was a rather shocking commercial. Uh, I heard someone that was commenting about those commercials. They said Jesus must have a lot of money because those two commercials that aired cost fourteen million dollars. What could the church do with that? But that's the world we live in. Sometimes these things grab people's attention and get us to thinking about the radical nature of Jesus' mission and love. But they seem to stop short the moral teaching, the serving the poor, the He Gets Us campaign, they all fall short. Jesus wants us to go deeper than our morals, than our behavior, and simply loving everybody. He wants to know who is in the driver's seat of our life. And if we want to share his destination and his eternal life, then we must allow him to lead us. And where does he Take up your cross and follow him. He invites us to take up a cross and to follow him to a crucified life. The call to follow isn't a matter of priority. Make Jesus the priority of your life, but rather it's a call to death. This is what following Jesus demands. What I mean is this. To follow Jesus doesn't require a reordering of priorities so much as it is a death of allegiance to everything other than Jesus at the center of my life. He's at the center or he's We either live for ourselves or we live hidden in Him and call to Him. This is the call. And this is the way. The Apostle Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself for me. Jesus wants to define your mission. Jesus wants to define the purpose of your life. Kenosis. Die to self. Live in Christ. 
Who can be trusted more than Jesus to pilot your life? C.S. Lewis, in his book, Mere Christianity, has this awesome quote. It says this, The principle runs through all life from top to bottom. Give up yourself, and you will find your real self. Lose your life, and you will save it. Submit to death, death of your ambition and favorite wishes every day, and death of your whole body in the end. Submit with every fiber of your being, and you will find eternal life. Keep back nothing. Nothing in you that has not died will ever be raised from the dead. Look for yourself, and you will find in the long run only hatred, loneliness, despair, rage, ruin, and decay. But look for Christ, and you will find Him, and with Him, everything else grown up. There are some in this room today who are seeking Jesus with every fiber of your being. You're desiring to live the kind of life that Jesus describes here. You are committed to the words of Jesus. The Bible is your daily compass. Your heart is full of worship because you acknowledge who Jesus is and the glory of His eternal being and the beauty of His nature is ever before you. You have a desire for the glory of Jesus to shine through you. You rest secure in His love and the hope of His salvation. Jesus is not wasting your life. Is He? The world changes. And all I can say to you from this passage is to keep going. Keep being faithful. There are others in this room, the casual followers, the fans of Jesus, I want to issue the call of Jesus here in this passage to you. The third thing. There is a redundant statement in this passage. Jesus says, if anyone would follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. You hear the redundancy? If you want to follow me, then follow me. If you want to follow me, then follow me. He pleads with us. What is more precious than your soul? He asks. It is most precious for the Lord. Your soul. The God of heaven has come to plead with us regarding the preciousness of your soul. He loves you better than He invites you to the cross, to the crucified life, because He wants you to live in the power of His resurrection life. A life that is not your own, but is in Him. He is raised from the dead. Resurrection. 
Do you want to know that life? Then follow it. Come after it. This morning, I want to get you an invitation. We don't give a whole lot of invitations at the end of our services, but today, we're going to give an invitation. Today is a day to follow Jesus. Tommy's going to come up, and Brenda's going to play our hymn in just a moment. Take my, uh, where he leads me, I will follow. And we want to just open our altars up today for you to come and pray. Maybe for the first time. Maybe you want to follow again. Maybe you've gotten off track. Jesus is not the same. But he can be. It's just a simple prayer away. It's just a simple answering the call to repent believe. Repentance believes. Follow Jesus. Come pray this morning. Come pray for our church today. The altar is open. Join me as we pray together. And if you're making a first time decision for Christ or you are recommitting to following Jesus Please let us know. Katie and I are available to pray with you. But let us heed the call of Jesus. Come follow me. Tommy, would you lead us?